0: Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. In the last week, 10.5% of the beef produced in the United States graded prime, 73.4% graded choice, and 13% graded select. In the news this week, avian influenza has grown to an additional three states, bringing the total number of states impacted up to 29 K2 Ventures is unveiling a new chicken bite snack at 270 Walmarts this month. The snack will be a tender chicken jerky meant to be easy to eat, especially for folks on the go. The BGK chicken bites will be sold in two and a half ounce packages that featured 10 grams of protein and 80 calories. The snack packs will sell for $6.46 per pack. Welcome to The Meeting Room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and this week I am joined by two very special guests, my grandparents, Clarence and Alice Lems. My grandparents were involved in the sheep business for years, and this week I am very excited to be able to visit with them about how they got started, their lives together, and what changes they saw in the industry over the years. So with that, I will roll the tape. So um, the first thing is... Uh, kind of for grandpa. So Grandpa, um, when did you get started in the sheep business and kind of how did you get started with it?
1: Oh, we we always had sheep in our my dad had some sheep. And then I used to work in the sale barn too. And then I I bought a few lambs in there once in a while, just a little runch, you know. So that's kind of, of my first ones. And then uh, and then later on I st- I just got into it a little bit more and more, but there was some years in between there, you know? So anyway, it was a long process.
0: <laughs> so when you were pretty young, you started shearing sheep and how, how did that come about where you actually started doing that as a business compared to just having sheep at home?
1: Well, I, I actually sheared my first one when I was, like 15 or so, but that was one of our own sheep. And then, then I started with my brother. He sheared some too, so we had to have some money. So him and I, we, we sheared together for many, many years, actually. So um, so that's how I got into it, needed the money.
0: Which which is a good reason. And so um, how long, that? just kind of my last question on that, how long did you shear sheep for? Like as a as a business, I guess. Oh,
1: I must have sheared sheep for
0: putting here fifty
1: years. I think maybe maybe even longer, a few, but probably I was in the business for close to fifty years. I think. So uh, then I got too old. I still like to be in the business, but I can't do it no more. So that's that's the way it is.
0: And how many times while you were shearing sheep did you lose your teeth in the wool bag?
1: <laughs> oh, maybe once or twice. <laughs> I always found the, the teeth were high priced, and sheep shears didn't get paid very good.
0: So it was <laughs> it was worth digging through the bags to try to get them out.
1: Yeah, I had to uh, dump the wool out or cut them open and dig, and the teeth were still good, you know. And that's,
0: that's what matters, I guess, as long, as long as they'd still eat, you know, that's, (laughs) that's the main thing. Yeah. (laughs) Gosh. That's
1: kind of how I got started. And then I got started uh, on an acreage and then I started feeding sheep, you know, and uh, then later on I got some land, land and then, uh, then I kept feeding sheep for my whole life, I guess.
0: So, when you first started, would you um, just feed out lambs, or would you um, actually lamb out the ewes, or was it kind of a combination of both?
1: I uh, I mostly bought feeder lambs, but I did lamb out some ewes, too, though. So, some of both, but mostly I fed, uh, just bought feeder lambs and fattened them up.
0: Did you like doing the feeder lambs better?
1: Yeah, I really did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it paid good too then. So, and anything that pays good, you know, it's fun.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, so w- when you, uh, I guess, did that, um, or you said it, it paid well, was that always the case? I guess we always with, with, uh, farming and ag stuff, like, there's good times, there's bad times. But I, I that's something I feel like I've heard you say before is there's always some opportunity with sheep. Um, yeah. Did you feel that way most of the time? Or was that maybe just kind of the hope that you held on to a little bit?
1: Oh, I, I always assumed I was going to make money when I bought them. But sometimes you didn't, you know. So but then you know if you just kind of stayed with it a little bit maybe the next time would be better see so you just kind of had to stick with it
2: yeah that
0: that makes sense that's a good kind of attitude with it to have also with that was there a time when you had like cattle or or pigs too or what made you actually stick with the sheep
1: yeah we, we had cattle and pigs too but uh generally we made the most money on the sheep so finally I and I liked them to, I like to have them a lot better so finally I just quit the, the other and just fed sheep so even for one guy if you don't have a you know you can always handle a sheep but a cow you can't so you got to get them in a good shoot or something like that mm-hmm. and, and uh, so that's why I like sheep for that but they also paid better on the average. So. That's why I guess I
0: liked them. So for grandma, before you married grandpa, did you know really anything about the sheep business or even much on farming, things like that?
2: No, I knew the difference between a cow and a pig and a sheep, but that was about it. Which is a good start. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had no experience with any type farm stuff at all. So it was pretty much new to me. And how do you feel
0: like when you did move to the farm and kind of get started with that stuff, how did it change your life or kind of impact your life, I guess?
2: Well, I had to get out of the house more often because occasionally they got out and they had to be chased back in especially when grandpa wasn't home but other than that I didn't really ever help with chores but I helped with some of the other stuff when we had a sort sheep and um, even some of the little bit of farming stuff I wasn't much good on a tractor but I could drive in front of a bale I could help sow oats Let's see what else did I do out there. Brought lots of meals to the field, walked beans, that kind of stuff. Help with sorting when it was time to sell. Got to ride along to McDonald's once in a while as a reward for my help. Food's always a good reward. I I
0: think so. That's probably I was just talking to mom today that no matter what i do food is my like go to like oh i had a bad day i deserve food <laughs> i had a good day i deserve <laughs> i deserve food <laughs> i had a somewhat average day <laughs> maybe an ice cream cone oh yes we have to
2: eat that's that's
0: for sure that is the attitude that i have
2: somehow are somewhat why what determines how we look too how many times we reward ourselves with food.
0: Yeah, that's that's a problem for me. I signed up for another half marathon this fall, so hopefully <laughs> that helps with it. And you know, you had kind of said earlier, Grandpa, that even in the bad times you just hope that it it worked. But do you have any either Advice or experience that you would share for people who are maybe either going through a bad time or um in the egg industry we do experience ups and downs. So anything that you would share on that?
1: I, I don't I don't really have too much advice because it wasn't easy for me neither. So
2: <laughs> but you just kept
1: going. Yeah, I just kept going and then pretty soon things get better. You know.
2: You didn't jump in and out.
1: No, so Anyway, uh, just have to do the best you can.
0: Grandma, is there anything that you would share from the wife's perspective?
2: Well, sometimes it didn't look like it was making too much sense, but I guess you just have to kind of stick with it and get through the bad times and really appreciate the good times to sort of make up again. So you guys, you've been married for 60 years now, which
0: is amazing, but you've also just been involved in the egg industry and stuff for longer than that. So what do you think have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen in the egg industry during your time? Well, I would say uh, probably the biggest changes are
1: probably the machinery. You know, I, I always farmed with older machinery, but Some of this machinery nowadays I'd have never dreamed they'd ever made something like this see so I guess for me that would probably be the major change and then too these feed lots like it used to be every everybody fed fed some (laughs) cattle and uh, now just about all of them are fed in a few lots you know big big feed lots you know so that's another huge change Outside of that, I don't know. If it's, I guess for the cow-calf guy out, out on the range country, I don't know if things have changed a whole lot or not, probably. Except maybe they got uh, four-wheelers instead of horses. <laughs> That's a plus, isn't it?
0: <laughs> you know... If- I I would think it's a plus, except for the time when uh, mom and dad went to deliver bulls and DJ was using the four wheeler and it burned up. You know, horses horses will maybe burn hay, but hopefully they don't.
1: They don't don't burn up.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So. How about the cost? Those are good. Oh yeah, well that'd be another thing. You know the
1: the cost of like feeder feeder lambs now is uh, like when I was when I was started, I could buy lambs for 16, 17 cents a pound. And you can sell them for 21, 22, which don't sound like much, but you can still make money. because corn was 80 cents a bushel. And now, you know, they're paying $3 for a feeder lamb and they're paying, I heard today that corn got to eight bucks in the elevator here. So I don't know how you can hardly make that even work.
0: You know, we were just talking about that though, about how literally just like dollars and cents can be people's profits. And, you know, that's hard to think about, but it's probably been like that for a long time too.
1: Well, you know, when it's down, when you pay 16, 16 cents a pound for a lamb, you know, and you don't even weigh a hundred and you're getting down there to $14, $15 14 15 a piece you're paying so then near such a big loss when one dies. So And we all know that
0: if you even look at them wrong they'll die so <laughs> Oh yeah, no,
1: If you don't <laughs> want one to die then don't buy one.
0: <laughs> that's See that's good advice. If you don't want something to die don't buy it. <laughs> Especially <laughs> I, sheep.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, see that's the trouble that's the way with everything. But when I started shearing sheep, I got uh, $0.35 cents a piece. And now I think they get 4 or 5 bucks. So that's $0.35. Cents don't hardly seem like enough, does it?
0: No, it really doesn't, which is crazy. Do you remember what your biggest day shearing would have been?
1: Oh, for numbers, you mean? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, some days I'd shear up to like 150 lambs or so like that. That, that was kind of usually about what I did. So, and then use that was, oh, well, you could shear over 100 of them too. So, it uh, just depend on what kind of sheep they were and stuff, you know. So,
0: and would you travel very far to do that or mainly just kind of in the area?
1: Oh, no, I travel quite a ways. I'd go like for uh, probably pretty close to Okaboji. So, that must be what 100 miles or more. And then oh, we yeah. sheared some up in Minnesota too. Some so uh, no, I I travel quite a way sometimes. But then there was a lot of sheep right locally here too, so that that helped a lot. Now there isn't hardly any left locally.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, at a, at a lot of stock shows and stuff, they have those shearing contests where they are checking for people's speed. And I could see you up there just ripping through them. Did you ever do anything like that?
1: <laughs> no, I got I got invited to a few of them, but I never did go to the Indium. They had uh, all these shearing contests, different places. So I'd get letters wanting me to come, but I, I never did. You know, if if, you, if you're if you the best, you know, you hate to always let pe- other people know that. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm a humble man. You know how I am. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Very so. much so. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> they always say if you can't beat them, join them. But if you're the best, wh- what's the yeah. point of being, even joining join them? Join join them. them. You yeah. <laughs> know
1: Yeah, you know, then finally they start thinking you're arrogant, too.
0: And we wouldn't want anyone thinking that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that put us through most of the questions that I I think I had told you guys I was going to ask. But is there anything that we either didn't cover that you would like to talk about um, or just anything else, I guess, that you would like to share?
1: Not really. I'd, I'd 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 still advise young people, though, if they could, to get in the sheep business and get get in it. I still think it's going to be good. That'd be about all I could think of to say.
0: And you have many many years of experience telling you that. But what do you think about getting into the goat business?
1: I don't know. I uh, I guess I got some relatives kind of getting into it now. I don't know. It's a uh, trouble with them goats. They smell so bad, and then pretty soon. Every time you see them, they smell like goat. So uh, I don't. Know. I don't know if that's good or not to get. <laughs> Maybe that's out of line for the interview, isn't it? No, that's,
0: <laughs> that's. That's that's. I feel like there'd probably be worse things to smell like, but probably not a whole lot.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but. Like you always said, there's money to be made in sheep. And I, you can't really, I guess, even say anymore. It's too low of a cost of investment. Cause Like you said, it's they're getting spendy, but might be might be a good opportunity.
1: Yeah, well, keep, keep some of your own lambs and
0: then you're okay. And worse comes to worse, you can make them into chislic and call
1: yeah, it a I day.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you always got chislic, so you got something
0: to eat yep and that's <laughs> that's important.
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh,
0: But how about you,
2: Grandma? Anything else you wanted to add? Oh, uh, not really. uh, other than it's been a pretty good thing for us. Grandpa's always happy if he's got cheap and he he does did always well with them. A lot of people would buy sheep and they'd die. He'd buy them half dead and he brought them to life. So <laughs> I think he had a pretty good track record. Yeah, not
0: only is he humble, but apparently he's a healer too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. Um, I think that's, that's all that we had to go through today. I appreciate you doing it. And hopefully that wasn't, wasn't too painful for And I just want to say again, uh, thank you to my grandparents for being willing to be on here. I am incredibly blessed to have the family that I do, and a lot of that stems back to my grandparents on both sides of the family. My grandma and grandpa Boozman passed away my senior year of high school, um, but both them and my grandma and grandpa Lems um, were and and continue to be great examples and role models for me. Um, Both of those couples uh, we're married and have been married now for over 60 years. And so they've, they've been a just incredible example of um, living a godly life and having a godly marriage. Um, and I'm, I'm just so, so thankful for them. And I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to visit with my grandma and grandpa today about their lives and to be able to share that with you guys as well. So thank you for joining us this week in the meeting room. And I look forward to visiting with you again soon. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the meeting room are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of their employers, including the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and others.